This is Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. The topic for today's episode is cooking up marketing from scratch, key ingredients for startup marketing success. Here to speak with me is Carter Severns, who is the VP of Marketing at OneDay, a SaaS company that empowers businesses to become storytellers through instant, authentic video content that drives revenue growth and engagement. Carter is an experienced marketing leader with a demonstrated history of working in the marketing and advertising industry in both internal and agency teams. He is a skilled thought leader in digital and paid media, inbound marketing strategy and execution, digital marketing, and content creation. Carter. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. So great to be here. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Sure. Well, Carter, before we talk about you know how to get started with marketing, I'd love to find out more about you. How did you get started in marketing and how did you end up where you are now? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I, I think I, like most people, kind of stumbled upon uh, marketing and specifically digital marketing is where I started my career. But um, actually, went to school for advertising and uh, was going to uh, get an internship at a, at a large uh, marketing company who actually at the time um, had just decided to create essentially a, a digital marketing team uh, to go alongside some of the you know traditional stuff that they offered a lot of their customers. And so uh, I was asked if I wanted to be an intern uh, in a digital marketing uh, team on a, on a larger uh, marketing company. And, and I kind of just fell in love with it ever since. So as you mentioned in the intro... Um, I, I've been a predominantly in B2B SaaS my entire career. Um, even even on the on the agency side, previous to one day, I was running an inbound agency buddies that I grew up with, and we also focused really on on B2B uh, growth stage companies. Uh, and I've been at one day now for for almost two years, and I was actually uh, the the first marketing hire. And uh, over those two years, we've we've been able to to scale and, and grow, and we've launched a couple products and. Um, towards the end of this year, we'll probably be uh, a team of 15 uh, on the marketing side. So a lot of growth in the last few years, and uh, it's been a wild ride. We really enjoyed it. Well, that sounds like an impressive growth. Now, today's topic is, is, is quite interesting, you know, the relation to cooking. How do you make the connection between cooking and marketing, Carter? Yeah, so for me personally, that's one of my one of my uh, favorite things to do. Really, uh, is cooking, be in the kitchen, and it's something that I spend a lot of my my free time on. Um, and it's funny, I always joke uh, with with people that I, I claim I missed my calling and I, I should have been a chef. But uh, anyways, I uh, I think it's really interesting when you start to think about you know you wouldn't go into the grocery store and just start buying a bunch of food and throwing it into the basket. Um, and in the same way. You wouldn't just start doing a bunch of random marketing activities without having a goal in mind or, or a recipe that you're following, essentially. Um, but when you start marketing for the first time at a company, you don't have a lot of those things. And in the same way, when you start cooking for the first time, you don't have probably a lot of historical knowledge on the best uh, the best way to cook a steak or to do things in the kitchen. But as you learn and as you grow, you start to find the right tools you need. You start to find the recipes that you want. Um, you start to find the ingredients that work, uh, if you will, uh, or the ones that start to drive results for you. And in the same way, uh, you know, you start to get better at cooking and you trust your instincts and you continue to grow. And, and that's kind of just the way it connected for me was B2B marketing is my passion. And the other passion that I have besides my wife and kids is cooking. So uh, it's easy for me to connect the dots, but that's what I'm here to talk about today is kind of help explain it a little bit more as well. 
Yeah. Well, it sounds a lot about um, discovery and trial, trial and error approach. Is that about right? Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely the case. And you know, what's interesting is, um, you know, I, I'll refer back to my my experience, right, of, of being the first marketing hire. When I got there, um, we didn't have a CRM in place. We were using Google Sheets, and so even simple things like that, um, that maybe I knew immediately that that was what we needed to fix. But at the same time, there's a bunch of things that I didn't know. So I just had to start trying, right? I had to start testing things and testing different channels and, and different messaging and um, all the pieces that go into that you know, kind of figuring out where to go next and what's going to work and what's not. Yeah. So, I mean, now that you have a team of 15, how do you help your team using that mindset of, of discovery, trial and error to, you know, to push forward to achieve results? Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's kind of just having the right mindset around it, right? Every dish that you cook or every campaign or thing that you try is not always going to work. Um, but knowing and understanding that going into it, that, Hey, we're going to try 10 things and we're going to you know fail on two or three of them, but that's okay because we've got to, we've got to go try those things and test and learn. And so that's kind of, it's a really simple mindset. It's just being, being okay with the fact that not everything we try is going to be a home run. Um, but at the same time, if we aren't actively out there trying it and doing those new things, it's going to be really difficult for us to understand how we can continue to grow and, and continue to identify those different channels or those different opportunities. Now, if when you build a team over two years from 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 one person to you said fifteen people by the beginning of next year, um, that's quite a quite a big growth. Where did you start? You know, two years ago when in when you were hired, what were the first things you did to start marketing from scratch for one day? Yeah, so you know, I think the very first thing you have to take a look at is what is what what are the tools that you have. And tools can be a lot of different things, right? I think that those those can be as tactical as like, what's your tech stack look like? What do you what do you currently have that you're using from a technology perspective, and what are you missing in that same vein? So you start to kind of take inventory, right? Of okay, do we have a CRM? Do we have the certain paid media platforms that we're going to be using? But then there's other things too that I think you have to take inventory of, like have we have we built out our buyer personas and our and our ICPs to help us really understand who it is that we're we're going to be speaking to and going after in a marketing perspective. Um, there's also things just like, Hey, have you, have you set realistic expectations with your CEO on, on what, you know, what he wants, uh, you to be doing and your team to be doing? What do you guys agree mutually success looks like? And then that's kind of where you get into, okay, well, I, I understand what I have and then I need to, I need to go find out what I need. So maybe you need to go ask for, uh, additional budget, right? If you're going to go do some large, you know, paid campaigns that you want to test, um, maybe you need to go get agreement on those goals with your CEO before you start anything. Um, and then, like I said, you've got to have the platforms where you can track everything that you're doing to determine what's working, and what's not, and, and really be able to, you know, leverage data to make, you know, informed decisions in that in that regard. Maybe you've got your thought, your, your buyer personas, and your ICPs built out, um, but what you haven't gone and done is figured out what what I call our, our catalysts, right, or, or uh, change agents, where essentially, you know, whoever your your ideal buyer is, what's going to happen in their world, in their work life, or whatever it is that's going to make them become interested in whatever it is that, that you're selling or whatever problem you solve. And so helping uh, helping you and your team understand, well, what goes on in, in someone's world where all of a sudden they're in need of what we do. So all of those those pieces that you kind of have to get a good infrastructure and a, and a good foundation below you uh, before you actually go start and, and move to marketing. Now, you may not have all the time in the world to do that. So I always do say that like, you know, good is better than perfect. And, and you know, you kind of have to get an MVP of what you want to go do and launch it and learn and figure it out. Um, especially, you know, in, in startup world or growth mode, you don't really have time to sit on your hands 
needing needing to grow and needing to have sales and opportunities coming in the door um, is not a luxury. It's a must. So that's kind of the way I, I think about that that initial stage of getting those tools and the foundation set. Now there's there's a lot to unpack here, Carter. Um, let's let's dive a little bit deeper into what just what you just said. Um, let's talk about sure. the tag stack first. What what should you have or what do you need to get started? What what is what are the minimum software solutions that a company should have in place when they start their marketing journey? Yeah, so I you know I think if you don't have an, an ability to measure, track, and report on what it is that you're doing from a marketing perspective, that's where you're really going to be in an uphill battle to show success and show what you're doing. And, and when the time comes for you to say, you know what, I'm slammed, I need help. Let me let me show you all the things that I'm doing by myself. Imagine what I could do with you know two, three more people, or however that that kind of conversation might go. So I, I say all that to say it could be it could be very very different for every company based on what you're trying to accomplish, right? So for us, we're a B2B SaaS company, but I, we're also tightly aligned with our sales team. So having a CRM in place where I can actually go look and see how long deals are taking, what kind of quality opportunities are we creating for the sales team. Um, all the things that you basically really need to have in front of you as a leader of understanding where, where the business is, um, how sales and marketing is working together, uh, how your sales are doing. Um, so I always start with a CRM. Like that might sound really basic, but you'd be surprised. And then from there, you start to layer in the other pieces of, of the avenues that you want to be, be working on, right? So um, for me, uh, I knew we were going to be launching LinkedIn ads. That was a place where I knew I could build an accurate audience to go after the people that I knew I wanted to be working with. Um, so we had to go create those accounts and get those set up. And then I've got to go get, you know, budget approved for those things. So there's a lot there, but I, I do think it's like, it's super specific to what you're trying to accomplish and then making sure that you have the tools and, and, and software in place. You know, other thing too, obviously is like, you know, a, a base camp or a sauna somewhere where you can track projects and, and make sure you've got everything in one place or, you know, even like Slack for internal communications, like even some of those basic things that you'd be surprised might not be there if you really truly are starting marketing from scratch. Yeah, I mean, I always advise our clients to to at least, for example, from a, from a tracking perspective, from a data collection perspective, to put you know something like a Google Analytics on their site. You know, if you have an online business, you want to make sure what happens on your website. Sure. Um, and to, to collect data on who comes to the website, because that, uh, when we talk about buyer personas in a second, you know, that might give you some information on, you know, are you attracting the right people? You know, or potentially do you need to adjust um, your messaging, the content that you push out mm-hmm. in order to to have the right message out there to attract the right people? Yeah, could, uh, yeah, couldn't agree with you more. So we actually, we use HubSpot uh, uh, as our Google Analytics. It's actually our CMS as well, which is really nice because it's tied all into one platform. Uh, but yeah, completely agree. If you're, you know, sending a whole bunch of, a traffic to a website and you're not looking to see what you could be doing from a, you know, conversion rate optimization, you've got to be able to track those things, understand what's working and what's not. Now let's, let's pick up on the buyer persona part. So how, how do you develop a buyer persona? I mean, it makes it easier when you already have data, right? And then you are able to identify, you know, this, this group of people has a higher value for you. And that might be something you do down the line when you have actually more data, but when you start fresh, how do you go about to, to, to build your buyer persona? Yeah, so uh, this is one of those things where it's um, it's like if, if you have current customers, that's where I would start. If you don't have customers, um, you probably should start to being able to identify you know, what your product or, or service is built for. So I always say, go talk to those people. That is literally the most accurate and the shortest distance from for you to get from A to B. 
to understand better uh, the people that you're that you're hoping to solve problems for. So the other thing that I think is really important that I think people forget is you know we want to use a you know a corny stock image and give them a you know VP of sales Sally name and and really to me that doesn't really get you to where you need to go from an information perspective. I think you have to really remember that you're trying to understand a human being. It's not a uh, it's not this fictional character that you've created. It needs to be based on real people that you've actually spoken to and, and help to understand, hey, you know, what are the problems that you're trying to solve and where does our solution fit into the mix? Do they see value in what we are providing? And that's to me is the, the simplest, easiest way to start is just go to customers or go talk to those people who you want to be your customers eventually. Uh, that's a that's a great advice. Now, next you mentioned uh, expectations, and um, that's always a tricky thing, right? To to make sure that leadership leadership's expectations are realistic, and uh, mm -hmm. that you as the marketing lead are able to, you know, meet the expectations. How do you navigate that? How do you how do you potentially push back, or how do you help leadership to set realistic expectations? And what do you sure, need so. in order to do so? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, uh, there's a lot there. So. I You know, honestly, I, I would hope for for marketers out there um, to to have at least a good understanding of that before you even take a job. Um, making sure that you've asked that that CEO or, or COO or whoever it is that marketing might be rolling up onto you to make sure you've you've uh, you know really had that conversation to understand what does success look like. Like, what is it that you've identified you need marketing for? Um, and so, the example I always give is my when I started, my CEO really wanted me focused on sales enablement, and I started three months before. The whole world was put upside down and completely changed the landscape of how we would do business. You know, we, we were very uh, heavy on conferences at the time, and that was a, a big portion of where we would build pipeline. And that all went away immediately. So my role switched from from being a sales enablement to being very demand gen focused. You know, demand gen side, in my opinion, is a little easier to track than uh, than the brand or creative. It's really hard to put those things into a spreadsheet. No, um, but that's you know that's kind of what I that's kind of what I think about when when you think you know, that, that step you're taking. The last thing you mentioned earlier is, is budgets. Um, again, I, I hear that a lot when I, when I talk to companies, whether they are earlier, um, so early stage or a little bit older, um, it's always a, a challenge to identify the right budget to, to get mm -hmm. started. Now, when they're earlier, it's like, what are we basing our recommendations on or our requests on when they're earlier, there's some data, but you know, Should we focus on dimension only, or do we need to move into brand, for example, in order to mm -hmm. fill the pipe a little bit more? How how did you do that um, at one day when you when you started, and then how would you do that now that you have much more data on hand, and and therefore can make you know much more educated requests? Yeah, yeah. So when I first started, um, I actually came in and kind of inherited you know the. The, at least the skeleton of a marketing budget. Um, it had you know the handful of things that um, we had spent money on before, um, and and honestly, it kind of goes back to the to the statement I made earlier about you've got to have that conversation. I think with your CEO before you even set, accept that role. So he and I had agreed before I started that I was going to take a look at the budget, and then I was going to pretty immediately identify where there were some gaps and some opportunities for us to improve, even down to simple things like I know we're going to need new camera equipment or. Um, you know, if we're doing uh, X number of, of conferences, um, you know, do we want to look at the ROI if we've got it from those conferences in the past and try to shift some of that that budget to the demand gen side, like you mentioned? Um, the way I look at it now is a little bit a little bit different in the sense that you have to be okay with some of the 
budget not being able to show ROI. Uh, and I say that, like you, you mentioned on, on the brand side of things, whatever that number is, I've heard it anywhere from 20, 30% of your budget that you allocate towards just being okay with saying, Hey, this is a visibility thing. This is an opportunity for us to go tell our story. And so knowing now what a, what a good PR agency costs or knowing now what just a simple brand campaign costs, that helps you kind of understand of, okay, what am I going to do next year? The other thing that I'll say too is, is hopefully you've got leadership that is okay with you saying, hey, we're going to try a few things. And if it works, we're probably going to double down. And we need to know that there's going to be some flex in the budget that says, you know, if we discovered that there's a certain ad or creative or cadence or something that's working, let's say I get on, like on LinkedIn, we have to be able to be flexible. Uh, I think if you try to create a budget for the entire year and, and earmark every single cent, um, you'll, you'll find yourself pretty frustrated uh, when you find something that's working, but you've already got all of your budget tied up in other things. So knowing, knowing now that, you know, at any given time, the world can completely change and what you thought was going to be a, a conference heavy, you know, pipeline building uh, and all, all of a sudden becomes, well, we've just got to create our own demand. Those kind of things are the other things you just can't control. Now, now that this setup, so we, we talked about the setup um, over the last couple of minutes as it relates to, you know, technology, buyer personas, expectations, and budget. Now that this is kind of ticked off, so to speak, right? The next thing is about, you know, how how do we do the marketing and where do we start? What is what is your recommendation? Where to what yeah. to like? So the way I see it is um in the same way that you can go Google uh, and, and find a recipe for a dish that you want to create, right? I think there's also the opportunity for you to go look and see what other you know people in your space are doing that are being successful. Maybe you've got relationships where you can go ask someone for that information. But at the very least, you know, the example I gave is I got there and two weeks later, we were preparing for the world to change and we knew we still needed sales, right? So I went and dug through our Google Drive and I found an old content offer uh, I had it updated with a graphic designer. I went and asked my my CEO and my CFO for some budget just for LinkedIn ads based on what I knew about our current install base and talking to those customers my first couple of days. Um, we just went and built out, you know, target accounts with ad copy, email copy, a content offer and a landing page and just got it out the door. And essentially it was like, you have to start somewhere, you know, have a hunch, find a recipe, if you will, and try something. And you have, and you've got to launch and you have to be okay with it being a, you know, a, uh, an MVP minimum viable product or, or being, you know, not fully, fully cooked, but ready to go. Right. So, um, that's kind of the way I think about that, that actually the motion of kicking off and starting. And that's kind of the way I see it relating back to, to marketing is, I mean, excuse me, back to cooking. There's plenty of recipes out there, right? But maybe you go look at five or six different recipes and you pluck and pull things that you like from them, uh, to kind of create your own, if you will. And the more times you do it over and over again, you get better and better, just like it is for, for cooking your, your favorite dish, if you will. Yeah, I think you said something very important, which I actually wanted to mention. And after we kind of talked about, um, you know, the tools and assessment and the, the setup part, I think what, what people need to understand is it doesn't have to be perfect, right? I mean, what, what you set up needs to be flexible. And then as you learn more, um, you might make adjustments to your tool setup, for example, or to, to, to the software solution that you're using. And the same thing here, as you just highlighted, right? You, you went and you look for some content that is available. Was that potentially the best content? And I don't want to step on your toe mm -hmm. here, right? But maybe not, you know, maybe if you would have spent more time, it could have been better. But it was good enough to get things started and you started collecting data and that data helped you to make decisions on what to do next or how to fine tune things. 
Yes, exactly right. That, uh, that, that content offer that I found somewhere buried on the Google Drive that I'm not even sure who created before my time there. Uh, no, it, it wasn't, right? It wasn't the ideal scenario. It wasn't perfect. Um, but, you know, what's interesting about it is we've never turned off LinkedIn ads since the day I started um, because that's how we figured out it has just worked for us. It's been a great way for us to drive meaningful conversations. Um, so maybe that was one of my one of my recipes that worked out, right, that we wanted to keep doubling down on uh, as we continue to grow. Now, when you when you cook, right, and again, something you said earlier, um, not everything comes out perfect, right? And then you have to figure out why it didn't come out perfect. And the same from marketing perspective, of every program that you set up and that you run will deliver the results that you hoped to, would deliver. Now, how do you go about um, in, in, in the recipe stage to ensure that you inform yourself as best as possible to minimize the failures and, and then have a more max on, on successful campaigns? Yeah, so you kind of alluded to it a second ago, but I think you have to uh, you have to have a hypothesis going in, right? You have to have expectations and, and have what you would define as success before you even start, uh, because otherwise, you know, you'll never know when to pull the plug on a campaign, right? When to quit quit wasting your money and shift and pivot and test something else. So, you know, it's one of the incredible things we we do now have is the ability to do AB, ABC testing or the, the ability to use a you know company like Hotjar, so we know exactly what's happening when someone is driven to a certain page on our site, uh, and we should have an expected behavior that we want to happen on that page or have happened through that campaign. And, and it goes back to the very beginning. But if you don't have the platforms and you don't have the the systems in place to track that and help you be informed on when to when to double down or when to pull back, you really you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. So I think it's. It's having all the pieces in place as much as you possibly can to track, but it's also having a very clearly defined expectation for what success will be. And, you know, for, for certain things, like when you're just launching straight out of the gate, you probably don't want to spend too much time just spending, right? That's the, that's the example I keep going back to is just a simple LinkedIn ad with a gated piece of content that was a way to get, get conversations happening. But if I, would, if I would have set that and forget about it, right, and just said, okay, I'm just going to let that run. Um, there's a good chance you're going to spend a bunch of money and had no results for it. So you do have to have a timeline, have a hypothesis of what you what you want it to want the campaign or or the test you're running to do, uh, and then pay attention and use use data to make decisions accordingly. Yeah. Now, with with any activities, it's about the ingredients at the end of the day that that make or fail things, right? From your perspective, what are the key ingredients from a marketing perspective to set yourself up for success? Yeah, so it's it's interesting, right? I'll I'll use kind of a more recent thing that we we recently uh, launched a new product a few months ago for a, a tangential market that has a similar sales motion to kind of our core our core install base our core business. And what we did was, you know, we we had an emerging market team that I worked closely with to kind of say, okay, we're going to get to the very we're going to get to at least enough to where we know we're talking to the right people. We believe that we have a strong message and we believe that we have a good value prop and we believe that we're solving a problem for a specific you know, industry or, or demographic. And then you basically have to put a line in the sand and you've got to say, okay, we're going to go have these conversations. We're going to go talk to the market. We're going to go try to sell. And you have to be okay with the fact that some of the best learning and, and best information you're going to find is going to come through probably failing the first few times. But you can't just continue to tweak and, and try to get your everything perfect, your messaging, your buyer personas, your um, maybe it's even your product isn't ready. But you have to go out. To, you have to go out to the market and get that first hand feedback 
um, the same way I talk, say talking with with your existing customers. It's the same thing with a, you know launching a new product. You've got to go out there and 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 at least start having those conversations. So I think about you know all the things that I just mentioned, right? Do we have a true solution to a problem? Have we defined that? Have we have we put that into messaging? Do we have positioning and and those things established? And have we helped the sales team understand? Here are the exact people we're going after. Here's their pain points. Here's what they need. And if you've got enough of that where you feel confident in your position, that's where you really do just have to hit the big red button, if you will, and, and kind of cross that that uh, line in the sand and, and and hit the ground running. Okay. Um, so the last piece of, 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 of the puzzle is, is kind of executing what you kind of cooked up or what you kind of put mm -hmm. together. Where do you go with that? Um, where do you start? Sure. What do you consider? Um, are you focusing more on, you know, You talked about LinkedIn you started off with, so that's a paid media channel, but it was kind of a mixture of content which yep. you know needed to be um, created. Talk to that a little bit. Right. So here's where I, I think about it is like, you know, building your own cookbook almost, right? So once we figured out the LinkedIn ads thing and it was working, it was humming and we were getting results, we said, okay, what's the next step we can take to continue to grow and continue to build on that success? So that's literally one campaign, one launch, one platform. Um, but now, you know, we're doing anywhere from two to three blogs a week. We do a, you know, some type of downloadable content offer every month. We do video series. We do a webinar every month. We uh, are, have moved into some other programmatic type things on the paid media side. Um, and then we actually, um, you know, we brought over the SDR and the BDR function under marketing as well. So we've literally just started to build all of these different things that work for us in the background. And eventually you feel like you've got this, you know, kind of momentous snowball that's heading downhill because you are doing some of the brand focused things, you're doing some of the demand gen things, you're doing things that just literally tell your story, you're working with that PR agency. Um, now we're, we're getting to go back to conferences. And so you feel like all the things that you want to launch one at a time, like I said, get it as ready as you can, get your content strategy for the quarter in place, and then let's launch our content series. And then let's, let's figure out how we can do a podcast, for example. But it's that exact same mindset that you apply to each one of these different things that you launch. And then it's hopefully at the end of it, you've got this huge Thanksgiving meal on the table, right? Where every single dish on the table has just been perfectly crafted and it's going to taste great for everyone who's there. That's the same thing you try to do in marketing. You could try to continue and grow and identify opportunities and, and maybe it's new markets or new use cases or just simply tweaking messaging or relaunching your website. Um, all those different things become a part of your cookbook. And over time, hopefully that leads to success if you've done it right. Yeah. Now, obviously, even if you have identified a, a recipe that, that works really well, you're, you know, chefs usually go about it and tinker with it more to make it even better, right? So what does that mean for marketing from your perspective? Yeah, so I see that as, you know, I think it's like it's four things, right? You test, you learn, uh, you optimize, and then you repeat. Um, and so the same thing goes for a dish, right? Sometimes I'm going to add a little extra salt, or maybe I know that um, I've got a guest who's allergic to something or doesn't like cilantro, and I'm going to leave that out. Um, but it's that same thing that as you continue to flex that muscle and the more that you do it, the more you feel confident, confident in it, um, you, you get better, right? And then you kind of start to create your own recipes. You, you want to tweak and look at different things that work, but uh, maybe what works in one industry doesn't work in another. So maybe um, webinars are fantastic for our senior living audience, uh, but we're seeing on the multifamily side that they prefer in-person events much more than uh, online ones. So It is much like a chef where every time you cook it, you get a little better. You find something new you want to try. Uh, and the same thing goes for marketing. I think the last thing you just said is, is 
from my perspective, really important. Um, I see too often that that companies are kind of applying one communication approach um, across their entire target segments. And, and that usually doesn't work well because they all have different mm-hmm. needs. They, they all want to be talked to in a different way or they, they just need are in different channels, for example, right? How do you identify which combination of audience, content, channel, and messaging works best um, so that you can later on hone, hone in on what works and kind of adjust what doesn't work? Yeah, yeah, certainly. So uh, <laughs> that one's where uh, it's not an easy answer. You know, I will say that some of that just comes with experience. It comes with kind of following your gut feeling on on maybe what what needs to be tweaked or maybe what different platform or campaign we should try next. So I wish I could give you a really you know beautiful answer to that, but it, I do know that it just it comes with time and wisdom. And the other thing that's great is you know I, I've surrounded myself with people who are way smarter than me and my team, um, and they also bring a ton to the table and they've got a ton of ideas and they've got a ton of things that we can test and learn and go execute on. Um, and that also helps, right? I don't know very many chefs in a restaurant who do it all themselves, right? You've got a you've got a sous chef or you got someone. Uh, who's just preparing dishes. Uh, So that's kind of the same concept. And the other thing I'll mention here really quickly that you kind of spoke to a second ago, but uh, my team laughs at me because I say this all the time, but I always tell them, I said, if you're not marketing to someone, you're marketing to no one. So if you just assume that your message that you've been using for the last five years is still resonating and it's still perfect for the market and everyone completely understands what it is that you do, but you don't go out and ask a customer and say, hey, when a new employee starts, how would you describe what we do? How would you describe what problem we solve? And if they're saying something that you aren't saying, you're missing an opportunity to resonate with your audience. Well, that's a, that's a great last word, uh, Carter. Um, thank you so much for joining me on the Performance Delivered Podcast and sharing your thoughts on, on how to get started with marketing in the startup world. Um, if people want to find out more about you and one day, how can they get in touch? Yeah, of course. So I'm most active uh, on my LinkedIn. So it's just Carter Severns, uh, C-A-R-T-E-R, and it's S-E-V-E-R-N-S. Uh, I don't think many people have my name, so you should be able to find me. Uh, if not, I'm the bald guy with the glasses on. So uh, <laughs> that's an easy way to, to, to find me on LinkedIn. And then, yeah, it's just one day.com. It's a really, uh, really simple URL that you can go check out and kind of see some of the things that we're doing uh, in the B2B uh, space. Perfect. Well, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance Delivered podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at symphonicdigital.com.